1: Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to
0: Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court Carolina with foul. He takes a timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul foul. foul on Michigan! Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams' front court. Williams on the drive, gets it back out the head. Long outside shot. Short rebound. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark,
1: and this year
0: the confetti. It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We're going to give you some reports from Adam Lucas as Carolina has officially started started practice under um, new head coach Hubert Davis. I thought practice was supposed to start today, which is Wednesday. It actually started yesterday. Um, So we got some feedback coming out from his articles that he has written on GoHeels.com. Then Anthony and I are going to give you our three things we are most excited for for the Hubert Davis era. But before we get to all of that, we start with the pod thought of the day. And we use Hubert Davis, I think, for the very first time. On the podcast, I believe so. as the, uh, the guy we're getting today's thought from, and this came from his first official practice that he held back in the summer when he was addressing his team. It applies to this podcast and everything else that we do in life. Huey said, it's okay to get emotional because that means that you care. So if there comes a time in this podcast where I get emotionally I like fired it. up, so every podcast, call somebody a wounded duck, shed a tear Jeez. when I'm missing Roy Williams or we're honoring Roy Williams or Hubert Davis does something that is ins- and inspiring and I get emotional, it's coming from a good place. Well, that's a good point. I mean, look. You know,
0: from my side of things, I mean, look—if we spend an hour and five minutes tearing into a football team that's two and two and just had a had a troublesome loss on the road, you know, at some place in Atlanta, I mean, it's just because we care, and it it really is. That's—I like that quote. I like that quote. That is the reason why I was crying the other night after the game. Good news
1: is we are officially less than fifty days. As of today, we are forty-one days away. From Carolina basketball, um, which I don't think is going to bring us as much sadness as the Tar Heels have on the football field. They're two and two, by the way.
0: Um, <laughs> so they can still finish the year ten and two. This sadness has been brought uh, upon us.
1: Let's dive in with some. Reports from practice that Adam Lucas has noted. If you, have, if you haven't already, go check out his stuff on GoHeels.com. As always, great work, great insight to Carolina basketball. The very first thing that I put on there, should have come as a surprise, Carolina held their first practice, and Roy Williams was, in fact, in attendance for that first practice. Um, Adam noted that Roy kind of spoke off to the side. And just mentioned how hard the night before going to practice was. It was the first time since 1973 that Roy Williams was not a part of a basketball team in some form or fashion. Um, So there's that. I mentioned on the last pod that he did the interview with Carolina Insider. If you haven't listened to that, guys, go check that out. It was it was great. It was Old Roy. As Old Roy as you know it, he was honest, he was open, he gave you some Royisms as he always does. Great insight to why he retired, how he's handling retirement, and what he's excited for in the future moving forward as a retired basketball coach. Now, on to the on court stuff, which is what gets us the most excited. And then I'll touch on this a little bit later. Uh, in, in, in the show um, Carolina is going to defend is going to change the way they defend the man one pass away from the ball uh, if you know Carolina usually plays in between that person um, but I think that's a big reason why they've been getting beaten off the dribble and they've allowed backdoor cuts and a lot of different things have plagued them on the defensive end of the court. We'll get a a more sense of how that's going to look a little bit at late night. Um, But, of course, when they open up the season against uh, Loyola of Maryland, uh, we'll get a really great chance to see how Carolina is going to change their defensive tactics. They're also adjusting how they're going to guard the corner three-point shot. As you know, that is the most effective and efficient three-point shot because that's the closest three-point shot on the court. And three-point defense has been something that has plagued Carolina – since the three-point shot became invented back in the in the mid '80s in college basketball, um, we all know that the offense is going to be predicated on spreading the floor. That's not a surprise. Um, some stuff that's been changing within practice. When they turn the ball over, that results in the team that turned the ball over to run an 11-second down and back. Carolina, of course, led the ACC in turnovers last year with 400 and 24 turnovers is a great way to try to emphasize not turning the ball over, make them run. My god. Um so that's something that's that's been instituted more balanced white and blue teams. Traditionally under Roy Williams, your white team was your five starters and your top two to three reserves and your blue team was basically your walk-ons and some, you know, Into the bench guys not the same under hubert davis a little bit more even between the two teams so you got startles on the white and the blue teams role players on both teams bench players on both teams making it more competitive in practice speaking of competition during uh when when they shoot free throws it is not just you go to the foul line and you shoot 10 free throws you're competing with a teammate trying to make more in, in in this amount of time and whatnot um miss layups a lot like turnovers they require a down and back so a lot of things where you can see the emphasis on how to make this team better is to um, punish is a is a really strong word to use because you're not punishing them but we can all admit that in the last couple of years Carolina hasn't been good at not turning the ball over. They haven't been a great free throw shooting team um, and they've missed way too many layups. Those type of things, they get you beat. So you've got to find a way to fix that in practice. And it appears that Hubert Davis is trying to be creative and finding a way to do just that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I like it. I, I think it's definitely something that is going to motivate the guys. I mean, look, I, we we've all, I mean, we've been through some sort of practice at some point in our lifetime. I mean, we've both played or at least attempted to play sports for uh, either school or or rec league teams. It's not fun when you make a mistake and have to run to, you know, in, in football, run to the corner of the end zone from wherever you make the mistake. I, I, I dropping the ball and doing five push-ups. I think that's like that's easy work. We can all admit that. Now, if you drop the ball a whole lot, then yeah, it's not as easy as you'd think. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely something I think to motivate them. Uh, and the the thing that I like is that you got a coach that's coming in that's a new coach. Some new coaches, you wouldn't really know the exact problems that plagued your team over the past few seasons. You would know that from looking at statistics, they're probably not where you'd want them. This is a guy that has seen the mistakes that have happened Mm -hmm. over these last couple years, having been on that bench and tried to fix them before. So he's going to try some new tactics to try to get guys motivated to not turn the basketball over, to not miss free throws, and to not miss layups. So I think that's the biggest thing to take away from it is that this clearly Hubert knows that those need to be focuses for this team. Those are areas that they've got to get better if they want to start winning games. And I like the fact that not only is he trying to correct them with things like this, he's trying to correct it right out of the gate. There's no waiting. It's We've got to focus here. This is what we've got to correct if we want to be a better basketball team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you can't break bad habits midseason once those habits are established they're established you're not going to it's what you are it's yeah. your identity yep. um and so now is the time when you try to to fix that and i think you made a great point where he has had a front row seat for the last 9 years at what's been the issues with carolina and there has been a lot of them because they had a lot of success as him being an assistant two final fours two national title games um, a national title and a handful of acc championships but these last couple of years, the the, the drop-off is a result of turning the ball over way too much. Missing free throws, there's a reason why they're called free. They're free points that you're giving up. Uh, missing layups last year was about as bad as a layup team as I think I've ever seen. And granted, they were young and inexperienced, but... It's a layup. Um, you should be able to make a layup in your sleep, like I did when I played church ball. So shut up. We're gonna have a lot more coming out of practice. Gonna hope to get Adam Lucas on sometime before the start of the season mm. to get us ready for the start of the season with more um, with with more from practice and stuff like that. So now we're going to move on, and we're gonna give you our three things we're most excited for. As the Hubert Davis era is officially underway. But before we do that, here is this week's promo from DraftKings. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. Only one per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 800 9 -IT. Really hope you guys are getting over to DraftKings and taking a great advantage of that promo code and making lots and lots of moolah. It's been a fun football season. The NFL is, is fun. College football, even though the Tar Heels have been disappointing, it's been fun. There's a lot of money to be made, so take advantage of that promo code. All right three things we're most excited for as the hubert davis era begins i'll let you go first so wait a second so again because we're morons three two and one give me your third thing your second so we're gonna alternate you go go okay that was that was where i was going that was where i was going here um so you get the ball i get the ball it's, you know, it's this is a basketball podcast. Wait, if we turn it over, do we have to do a down and back? Yes. Damn. You have to run down the steps at the studio and run back up. Okay. All right. Um, So,
0: let's see. I, I put these down, but I didn't quite, maybe I didn't order them and which ones I'm most excited. I would say, I think the position, positionless elements to the team this year is probably number three. Um. That's something that I think fits into the more the, the modern conversation. but I have another point here that's that, that's sort that, that looks at that in a, a little bit of a different way. I think the positionless elements is something that Carolina has been trending towards a, a little bit. Mainly like when Luke May was there, you saw it a little bit. And there was some nice success with it. Now, I think this is going to be something that you're going to see a lot of going forward. You're going to see a team that's going to look a lot like most of the other teams that they're going to be playing against. And I think that the other exciting part of that is on the offensive end, this is going to be a team that is going to probably be able to keep up scoring-wise with a lot more teams Going forward, because the last few years, that's been one of the struggles. Because you have teams that, you know, Carolina gets, you know, a, a few consecutive baskets in a row that are really good. Team comes down the other end, knocks down two threes, and they. You you don't end up gaining any ground on an opponent or anything like that. So I think this definitely is is going to allow Carolina to probably be a little bit more high powered on the offensive end, especially if they can get the right guys in there, a la Brady Manick, who's going to be in the system this year as a stretch forward. Um, and I, I think it's also that's that's going to sort of allow some of these you know th- these screenplays and everything that we haven't really seen a whole lot of the last couple of years primarily uh, to be a big part of the offense. And I think that's what's going to be pretty exciting.
1: Number three for me, um, I don't know how much Schubert Davis has expressed this is going to be a part of the program, but you have to imagine with the staff changes and stuff like that, this is going to be incorporated. I put analytics down. It was something that Carolina wasn't – Using a lot under Roy Williams, and rightfully so. Um, That's not the way he was brought up. And look, with his track record and the amount of success... He was having. Who needed analytics? You won the third most games in the history of the sport at the time of his retirement. You've got three national titles. I wouldn't blame you either. But you've brought in Hubert Davis, who brought in almost in a, basically an entire new staff um, because you elevated Sean Be- Sean May to a bench position. You bring in Jeff Lebo. You bring in Jackie Manuel. You bring in Pat Sullivan from the NBA into your program. The NBA, especially with that Timberwolves franchise, analytically driven. So I'm interested to see how carolina is going to balance analytics and what they're and mixing that with the philosophy and I think it's going to go very well because the math tells you the three point shot is more valuable than the two point shot but you saw a team if you go back to the NBA finals um, the phoenix suns made the finals on a 2-0 lead in those in the finals Shooting mid range jump shots, something that we've always believed to be the most ineffective shot in basketball since analytics really became popular. So I'm interested to see if this gonna change the shot selection that Carolina takes. Um and, and, and stuff like that. So he hasn't dove a whole lot into it. Do imagine we'll be a part of the program, and I'm interested to see what that looks like.
0: Well, and also, I mean, he's not gonna give away a lot of a lot of stuff in, in terms of You're not giving away off. anything with analytics I mean, yeah. though.
1: I mean, but I, I think I, everyone I, has them.
0: Also, we've only we've only heard from him what once since, uh, but, you know, the the intro presser. So, I mean, he this this isn't like w- with the football program where during the off season we were hearing from Mac Brown every week, twice a week. Maybe sometimes. that was the problem. Like,
1: too busy holding press conferences instead of watching film. I I mean, uh, I I
0: don't I don't even. I, <laughs> What just crapping on Mac Brown? I'm still right? I'm still just that mad. Jeez. Um, number two for me, uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see what and and how Roy Williams is involved with the Hubert Davis Ooh, that's, era.
1: That's a good one
0: because. I know that we said this isn't going to be like what they envision Coach K's role once he ends up retiring at Duke, but it feels like there's still some pretty good involvement from Roy, especially early on now. Do I think he's going to be at every game? No. Do I think he's— he has got his seats
1: picked out, though.
0: Right. Do I think he's going to be at every practice? No. No, he doesn't it, need it, to it, be. That's, that's not going to— He's not going to be the guy that hovers over literally everything that— goes on but I do think that he's going to be a guy that's going to, especially these first couple of years, he will be at a lot of the games, he will be a guy that Hubert Davis can lean on and throw ideas off of, stuff like that. There is going to be an open dialogue between those two throughout the next couple of years. So I'm interested to see how involved he is. I don't. Clearly, we won't know exactly how involved he is. There's not going to be somebody that's going to be telling us when Roy is in and out of the the office and what exactly he's talking to Hubert about or whatever but I think it's going to be interesting to see how often we see him at some of these games how often we see Hubert talking to him maybe pregame and stuff like that and see if that sort of helps with it being his first year and some of the adjustments that he might have to go through throughout this year
1: and even potentially down the line the next few years. The good thing about this whole situation is is when you look at the situation of when Matt Doherty got hired, Matt Doherty was the fifth option on Dean Smith's list. Um, Matt Doherty took the job because Dean Smith said, if you don't take the job, I'm going to hire Rick Majerus, who was from Utah. They didn't want him to go outside the family. Hubert Davis was Roy Williams's top choice. He's made that publicly known. That is the guy that he advocated to Bubba, to Kevin Guskowitz. This is the right guy to lead the program. So... And we know how Hubert Davis feels about Roy Williams. This man could barely look at him in the eye without getting emotional when he talked about him. Their relationship's going to be great, which is why I think Carolina basketball isn't going to suffer like it did in the Matt Doherty era. And I think it's why they're better positioned. Look, maybe Coach K and John Shire have a great relationship, but we don't know that. And they're not public about their relationship. They them two very, are, are are very open about how they feel about one another. It's going to be good to see Roy around Chapel Hill. He's still doing a lot for the for the university. Now he's he's basically a bona fide recruit host. Uh, he's he's hosted recruits for women's basketball, soccer, and stuff like that. He's basically an ambassador for the university. And there ain't a better play person on the face of the earth I can think of a better ambassador for the University of North Carolina than Roy Williams, let alone Carolina basketball. Just really happy to see that he's still around because I think that would have been the hardest thing for us to accept is him retiring first off, but then not coming around. Um, so I'm glad that he's able, willing and, and, and to to come around and wants to be around moving forward. Number two for me... Is um, kind of going back to what you said about the position list, I put how Hubert Davis utilizes two post player lineups, and I, I'm interested to see is there going to is there is there going to be sets where Carolina gets a traditional lineup three around two, and you have Armando Baycott, Dawson Garcia on the block, or Dawson, excuse me, Dawson Garcia, Brady Manick. when Will Shaver and Jalen Washington get into the program, will they get on the block? what they're going to do defensively. We've seen a lot in the last couple of years, and we've and he's kind of delved in where he, they're not going to hedge as much. How's Carolina going to defend the pick and rolls with their big men? That's something that we have gotten absolutely killed on in these last couple of years. And, you know rebounding the, the positions that they're going to rebound how important what's their role going to be when they rebound the ball is it to get it to the point guard or is it to look straight up ahead for an outlet pass to a wing player that isn't the quote-unquote point guard so I've said all summer I'm excited for the way the program's moving I think this is the way you got to play to, in, in today's basketball but he's recruited a lot of big time post players and we're going to see how he's going to utilize them in his program
0: yeah number one for me I, I go to the backcourt I think the young guards and their evolution especially under him is going to be the thing that I'm most excited to see and and this is another one that you know for some guys it could be just this year for other guys it could be this year into the next couple of years under him but I, I definitely think that you look at guys like Caleb Love and R.J. Davis we feel like This is a system that fits them a little bit better. They're guys that like to drive the basket. This pick-and-roll offense is going to allow them to have a lot of success. And, you know, we talked about it earlier. You know, the focus on not turning the ball over. I think that's going to allow these guys to grow up even quicker. Uh, I think it's just going to be so interesting to watch how these young guys work under a coach that knows exactly what they're going through. He played in the backcourt as well. Um, I mean, granted. Roy was a guard as well but not quite as talented as Huber Davis uh, unfortunately for old Roy Williams
1: but uh, Roy Williams was into high school basketball when I was to church league basketball in 2014 okay well he
0: may he, he was on the JV team so I think at, at Carolina so I think he was a l- little bit better I, than you I but, did
1: send my film out like Andrew Playtech did when he landed at Siena my film from high, from the church league basketball group
0: yeah and I'm assuming that that was used as comedy material for the
1: teams uh, it l- got rejected Like my shots in the DMs Jeez jeez.
0: Uh, But yeah I mean I I think that These guys are all going to have a chance To to succeed here Uh, Especially you know we talked about How RJ Davis we feel like is the guy That's probably going to thrive the most In this system so I'm really excited to see How quickly these guys are going to grow up In this system and you know That's Definitely going to be probably the most exciting aspect, I think, of this team this year. Because if this team's going to have success this year, we feel like the guards have to take a step forward. I feel confident, probably because it's preseason and that confidence will wane you know, throughout the season a little bit. You know, It'll go up and down. But uh, I feel confident that they're going to have a lot of success. And I feel like that's why this team has a chance to be really, really good. And I'm I'm ready to see it.
1: Number one for me, if you've listened to this podcast since the hiring of Hubert Davis, you should be able to pinpoint what I am most excited about to see with Carolina basketball, and that is how they play on the defensive end of the court. You've known me for almost 15 years. I have never once been excited to talk about defense when it came to watching Carolina play basketball because, frankly, for the majority of my lifetime, they haven't had to. They could go out and outscore people. As you mentioned earlier, though, they haven't been scoring at the pace that they are accustomed to, and they weren't. Adequate enough defensively to carry them. They were great in terms of when you look at the Ken Palm numbers, but those are that's analytics, and that's because of the possessions and stuff like right. that. When you right, really right, right. broke you down, the nitty, the gritty, they weren't good at you know defending the three point shot and stuff like that. I'm interested to see what Hubert Davis will do defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this will be the most Dean Smith-esque part of his program where I think you will see Carolina play four different defenses in four different possessions. I've never once I, – I hate zone defense more than just about anything else I hate in life, but I want to see them play zone, and I'm excited well, about seeing certain, them play zone. In
0: certain moments. There are moments last year where you you and I both felt if this team goes zone. They could cause more issues well, for these teams. You go back they to that win
1: Kentucky, them. and at the time, we thought that was a really big win. We thought that was a turning point. Turns out it wasn't. They went to a zone in that second half and it really muddled up Kentucky's offense. Right. Um, we did a podcast earlier this year with our best wins over Duke. That upset in 2014 in Chapel Hill, the game that got rescheduled when Duke wanted to travel in a little uh, ice storm. Um, Roy Williams used a 1 3 1 zone in that second half. It propelled them to an upset over Duke. So I. There's a lot of good that can come from it. Now, look, we watch Syracuse enough because they're in the ACC. Are there issues with playing zone defense? Absolutely. You're suspect to give up more rebounds. And stuff like that. But I'm interested to see what Carolina's going to do defensively. I, I've been a proponent of I think they should press more because then they got the athletes to do it. You've got the wing players, like Leaky Black, that you feel like if you teach it and he commits to it, can impact the game defensively. I like the guards and Caleb Love. I think R.J. Davis has got a gritty toughness to him um, that I think you need to play great defense. There I say, tough little nut. Tough little nut. <laughs> um, and, and so... <laughs> I know it's preseason, and maybe after the first week, I'm not going to be excited about watching Carolina play defense. No, oh, you
0: you would never go against something that you said in the preseason. But you would never turn your back on a preseason prediction, I, or a preseason feeling.
1: I don't think I ever have. Okay. Um, but as of today, I am really excited to see Carolina compete on the defensive end of the court.
0: Yeah, I I think there's a lot of things for sure to be excited about on on that end of the court. Uh, I think the one concern people probably have is uh, if they face some of these teams that are a little bit bigger inside. But honestly, at this point, what teams are those? Maybe Florida State? And that's just because they got you know the seven foot European guys that they find out of nowhere, and somehow they're a part of the roster. Seven foot, they're, they're now seven three, seven is it, yeah, seven three to seven five. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's the wanted ad that they're putting out throughout <laughs> Eastern Europe to find their 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 big men. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think that one of the things that did. Become a little concerning at the end of the Roy Williams era was the fact that they were so hesitant to switch up defensively when things weren't working. This system, I think, is going to be a lot different. I think they're going to try a multitude of different things. I think that's why he was so hell bent on when he was forming the staff. He said, I want someone from the Roy era, I want someone from the Dean era. Uh, I think he may have wanted someone from uh, from from the uh, Frank McGuire era, but I don't think any of those guys are alive <laughs> still. Uh, but he said Bill Norm,
1: Guthridge era, Norm McDonald, Ben Carnavelli. You know, I mean, yeah.
0: So he wants these different mindsets in there to you know throw out some different ideas get get let's be a little more creative than well we just want a bunch of roy williams guys we just want a bunch of dean smith guys whatever where it's going to be one system one system only and look we're living and dying by the system if it doesn't work then it is what it is i think he's going to be a little more flexible and i think it's going to be on both ends but especially defensively there'll be a little more flexibility to say hey we Let's change it up. Let's try something different and see if this is going to help us in this game or even in this week of practice leading up to a game if they're struggling with something and see if that can change our fortunes around or something like that.
1: It's not even the hesitancy that Carolina showed and wanting to change what they wanted to do defensively. Defense is all about effort and want to. I mean, look, of course if you got the talent, then it's going to follow but I never thought Carolina was bought in defensively when they weren't national title good. When they won national titles, those teams bought in, but it usually wasn't until late February, early March, where they committed to playing defense for 40 minutes. It's been a couple weeks ago, but they, the Carolina basketball account, they released a video of, of Coach Davis at practice, and they were working on a defensive drill. And it was it was competitive. It was animated, where we want to make you have an off night every night you walk on the court. And I think well, if yeah, you, mean, I think if you can instill that mindset, and you get teams, and you're getting them to buy that into the summer when they're facing against their own their own guys, you hope that's going to carry over into this schedule. And look, there's going to be four or five games where even though in this brand new shiny offense, Carolina's not going to play well offensively. That's how. Basketball works. Yeah, a lot of them will probably be early on in the season. And usually, if Carolina was adequate defensively in the past, they could have won those games, but they weren't adequate enough defensively, and they got beat. If they are bought in from day one and more committed day one, this team can reach goals and heights that not, not many people probably expect in the first year of the Ciber well, Davis. Well,
0: to be fair to Roy Williams, look, it's not easy to get guys to buy in defensively, especially nowadays. Look, defense isn't sexy. Nobody goes out and says, oh, you know.
1: Oh, I disagree.
0: Well, but what kid in high school, when they're, when they're looking to get recruited, says the way that I think I should get recruited is I need to be a lockdown defender? Nobody thinks like that. Nowadays, they tell you when you're in high school, in order to get recruited, what do you need to do?
1: You need to drop 30 a night and kick everyone's tail on the offensive end. Which is why I am making it my personal job to revamp the AAU system and the high school basketball system because it is worsening the product. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I ain't figured all that out yet but I'm going to do it. Didn't you just fall asleep last night at 9.30 from working <laughs> uh,
0: at the radio station and then doing uh, maybe one or two things with the blog or podcast? Yes. I, I don't think you got enough energy for that. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's really tough to get guys to get into that mindset of, look, I'm here to play defense. You need those types of guys on your team. Like, to me, we saw it at times last year. A guy like Anthony Harris, that's, that's where you can make your... That, that's where you can make your role. That's where your playing time can come from. If you can come on the court and be that guy that can lock a guy down, take a guy away, that's oh, yeah. what's going to allow you to get more playing time. That's what's going to allow Leaky Black to see the court more. And I think also – When you have guys that play hard like that, especially on the defensive end, things will eventually come to them on the offensive end. They might not be the most skilled players, but we saw it as Theo Pinson's career went along. Not saying that Theo wasn't skilled. When he came out of high school, he could score the ball with the best of them. But early on in his career, you could see that he wasn't going to be this elite offensive player. But when he was playing hard on the defensive end, eventually the ball found him on the offensive end. And you saw as his career continued, Those numbers start to rise on the offensive end as well. That's what you got to get these guys to understand. You don't have to be this superstar scorer. Guess what? We don't want a whole team of those guys because usually those teams aren't going to win much, especially at the college level. The the, the egos will take over, and you guys will struggle. We want to have some guys that can get in there, take away guys on the defensive end, and help us in that aspect of the game and allow our guys that look at themselves as the scores, a la Kerwin Walton, to do what they do best as well.
1: All right, so let's run through again with our top three things we're most excited for. In the Hubert Davis era, I'll go first. Number one, as we just got done talking about, Carolina on the defensive end of the court. Number two, how Hubert Davis will utilize two post-player lineups because that is going to happen. The number three for me, how much analytics plays a role in his program. You go.
0: So I got Young Guards Evolution uh, as number one. I want to see how guys like R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, and even some of the younger guys sort of evolve this year and going forward. Uh, Number two, I had what is Roy Williams' involvement going to be in the program. I'm interested to see how involved he is, what type of involvement it will be, and uh, you know if that will allow the transition to be relatively smooth from him to Hubert Davis. And then number three, I had the positionless elements of this team. It's going to be a new look for Carolina. This isn't going to be where they go to this every once in a while. That's going to be the main lineups that Carolina is going to run out there this year. You're going to see a lot more small ball. How does that work for Carolina are they able to have a lot of success I think they are because it's preseason and I have a lot of hope in the preseason Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see but those are the three things uh, that me and you are both excited to see uh, throughout this upcoming season under Hubert Davis
1: all right there you go guys well that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the four corners podcast before we let you go get you guys on the website HeelToughBlog.com, where even though Carolina basketball has started practice, we haven't started getting you ready for the upcoming season. That will be coming right around the time we get ready for late night when we'll start really breaking down and getting ready for the season. Right now, still football-driven. You can go back read all the stuff about the Georgia Tech loss. Recap, my trench report is up. The stock report should be up by the time this podcast is available. This weekend, of course, Carolina's got Duke the battle for the victory. We'll have a preview podcast and then fall Following the game, we'll have a recap. I'll have another trench report, and we'll have another stock report as Carolina looks to bounce back against the Blue Devils. As for the podcast side of things, you can find us on every major podcasting platform, most notably Megaphone, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, give us a like, give us a great review or a bad review if we do something bad. Doesn't really happen a whole lot on my end. Yeah, we'll um, run down and backs so if we get right. a bad review. Uh, but most importantly, I want you guys to subscribe. That way every podcast shows up right there in your podcast library. Right now, just doing about one show a week. But once the season rolls around, we're gonna try to have individual game previews, recaps, and stuff like that to give you more content, more insight on the Tar Heels on the basketball court. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I want to thank Anthony for hosting. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!